Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. This is October the 24th, and we begin our Illinois Assembly Community Call. This isn't only for Illinois. This is actually, it's a state uh, national call, um, but it is, the the physical area is based in Illinois. And um, I welcome everybody. This is an assembly. From the assembly, we pick up and randomly pick up a grand jury as required when a grand jury needs to be convened. And this is common law. Um, So uh, just to specify that this will not be ever the same grand jury or a petite jury that is used in the de facto system. Um, If there's any further information anybody wants about that, let, let me know or just look up our website, www.com common law grand jury all one word common law grand jury dot us so the portal is dot us not dot com or dot org or dot edu it's dot us and it's common law grand jury then you will read the extracts from the majority the the opinion that justice Scalia wrote for the majority opinion of the supreme court um on the case U.S. versus Williams. And this was in 1992. So that's when the Supreme Court gave the authority, well, um, reminded us, I should say, of our Fifth and Seventh Amendment that gives us the authority to have common law grand juries. So all they did was uphold the law. They did not make any new law. And that is an important thing to understand. With that, I want to welcome Eastern Iowa and Southern Indiana. Uh, please introduce yourself from Eastern Iowa. Who is that? It's Marty Pulse. Oh, hi, Marty. Um, glad glad that you're on the on the call. And and uh, Southern Indiana is that Mama G? Yes, it is, Marie. Yes. Good evening to you. Steve should be joining us very shortly. And uh, this is great. So we have somebody new who is joining us, and that is Marty on from Iowa. And Marty knows a lot about common law uh, and about the Constitution. So if there's any questions that anybody wishes to ask, please bring it up. You're giving me more credit than I should have, Marlene. No, I've I've, uh, chatted with you, and I know that you know a lot. Let me, uh, before we begin, let me um, give, um, okay, uh, two things. I needed to make sure that, Marty, before too long, that you can give us your email so we can send you an email of the action items. 
okay? okay? We don't call it minutes. We call it action items because that is very much more uh, forward feeling uh, about it, forward thinking feeling where you're actually doing something. And then at the end of it, the what, what you would, what people normally would call the minutes, um, this action items would be the agenda. And I don't, we don't like the word agenda, so we all decided not to use the word agenda. And the minutes we call it, yeah, it means like you've got an agenda. That's why nobody can get anything done because everybody's agenda is different, <laughs> you know. So yeah, we just right. call it action items. That this is the things we got to do this, uh, you know, week coming up. And then after that, we have discussions and decisions. Um, and um, the advantage of using the word discussion and decisions instead of minutes is like, okay, we have resolved these issues. And then we, you know, kind of go forward. So for the action items, as we are going to begin, um, we have the structure and we have a mission statement. And I'll read you the mission statement. Just it's like, you know, when you take a pledge of allegiance, you sort of reinforce and focus on... um, on the words and on the images and the concepts and what you really want to achieve with that. The same thing with the mission statement. So I'm going to read that out to you. Um, the mission statement for Illinois, establish popular assemblies in Illinois and her counties to support the restoration of the constitutional foundation of the United States of America. And for the national, it is um, the mission statement for the national is to establish a national popular assembly to support the restoration of the constitutional foundation of the United States of America. Is there any uh, discussion on these uh, mission statements? They sound like worthy mission statements. They, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear. I said that they they sound like worthy mission statements. Ah, I, yes. Any, I mean, we, necess- we we absolutely need to do those things, and so that's great. Correct. Now, one of the things that surprises me personally is that from 1992 to 2017, that's a lot of time, and I on, we only got in, involved for this in January of 2016, and our first meeting for this assembly was 2000 uh, May 2016, when we um, um, when Belgium was bombed, and one of the members, who's no longer a member here, but. Um, he had contacted me um, to talk about how we have to handle the bombing. And um, that's when we decided to continue with the work. The way it happened for this assembly is that I went to the rifle club in Milan, and I'm a member of the rifle club in Milan. And I mentioned to them that Sharia law is coming into... Illinois and into America, and we need to do 
to to be active and proactive and make sure that that does not come in. I agree. And um, they asked me to, in January 2016, to address the annual meeting of the entire club. There were about 250 people uh, present. And they... um, didn't half of them didn't know what Sharia is, hmm. and so I gave them a few a few words, about five ten minutes. We I talked about it, and nothing came of it. But I did have obviously there were some people who had registered and they listened and they sort of responded. So between January 2016. And May, there were already bombings that were occurring in Europe that was being covered by our media, so people knew about it. But the day after the Belgium bombing happened, then one of the members called me up and says, we got to meet. And um, so we convened and started the assembly, active weekly meetings. And as a consequence of that, we actually wrote a letter to um, Governor Rauna to block um, Senate Bill SB 574 that was attempting to come through. And that bill was being pushed by a Muslim group from Chicago where they wanted to have special interest in the Illinois government. And wow. um, we blocked it, and we have the letter. We got a response from them, and we said, "No, it's unconstitutional. It's sovereign. Uh, we have a supremacy clause, uh, Article Six, Clause Two and Three, where every inch of our land is governed by our constitution. And in right. our constitution, we cannot have another uh, the law of a foreign land. It can only be our law." Based on that and based on four, three or four other uh, clauses, um, we wrote to him and um, fortunately it was, it was stabled. I don't know if it has been um, closed, but it was stabled. Hmm. And, um, um, and so after that, we, you know, so we've been, convening and now we have to um get the get the numbers up again because we got infiltrated and we got to get the and we had to remove some people from the assembly but we want the numbers to increase again because we want to address a couple of other issues as they come along but to get a grand jury to be convened we need a minimum of 25 to 25 people and to have 25 people is good to have 30 30 right. active you know members would be willing correct right right no one's there there may be one or two people who may, may not show up but then um, the rest would you um, uh, you would be able to get 25 and if somebody doesn't show up or there's some some problem then there are some extras there true true good uh, good idea to always have uh, extra mm-hmm. now 
uh, one of the things that we have to talk about and we have we discussed at length was enforcement. It's a very big issue. You know, how do you enforce? And Colorado spent a lot of time getting uh, continental marshals established. And that actually was a train wreck because the, the um, I mean, for those who don't know, and I don't know if Marty knows about it because you're new. May um, I? Yes, go ahead. Um, on that line of topic, um, on a Colorado conference call here in the past two weeks, uh, Utah has made um, uh, good um, progress in um, establishing an official office for the Continental United States Marshal in Utah. And um, it seems like they're being accepted. So um, it, it might have looked and seemed like for a short time uh, a train wreck, but um, I believe it's um, it's going to uh, evolve into something that uh, might be uh, answers in part, in time. Um, I would like to not even have to, we shouldn't have to have anybody doing law enforcement. And maybe and soon we'll arrive at that time. But for right now, um, that was word from uh, to pass along. I was on a Colorado Wednesday conference call within the past two weeks. I believe. That's very interesting. That's very good. Um, now, I'd like to know if um, Utah has a national or is it only for Utah? Um, I, I believe there is um, one for Utah. Um, as far as the national, um, I don't know where the national would be headquartered out of, if that's for lack of a better, um, I thought the national included um, the whole country. Uh, uh -huh. to, I thought the national, my understanding and impression of the national grand jury assembly, that uh, there are two known operating on the land um they don't know uh what's happening where that's at but um the feeling i got from feedback from people that were a little bit more and probably a lot more than me in the know um said that basically we're we're on the same page we're on the same road we're just going you know we're sharing the road towards common law grand juries and um it's it's we the people that are becoming more informed and aware of an option that we in the past were not made aware of. I know I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And now that I have been and others are trailblazing and showing us the way that are uh, mainly our unleanable or unalienable rights, um, and uh, are uh, protected, mm -hmm. and uh, we we uh, 
we don't uh, have per se constitutional rights, but those rights are protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a protection for the people. So um, we need grand juries, I feel, for a while. And I feel like that um, it'll be something that might be hard for some people to wrap their head around right away. And so, um, you know, with trailblazing, you have to kind of lead the way because you have to take a lot of things into consideration. There's so many people out here that once they know they're duped, you don't know how they're going to react or what they're going to do. When they think about all the injuries and harm that's been done, is being done, and will continue to be done, if we, the people, don't rally, unite, and organize how to put an end to it, not mm-hmm. just talk, not just talk. we got to have the walk to go with the talk. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, we're just uh, blowing smoke out our ass, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, I say it's high time that uh, the people rally unite and organize without violence. For myself, for myself I, I, try, I try real hard to walk in peace, and um, I extend that peace as far as it is possible with me, yet knowing that there's this thing called passive, assertive, and aggressive. And people look at other people's behaviors and categorize different behaviors, however they assume or even presume. But for me, uh, I'm moving peacefully, yet passive, assertive, when I'm called upon to deal with holding masquerading government of we the people accountable. That we we've been encouraged to do so, don't you know, by the President of the United States of America Incorporated in a, a incredible speech that he gave to the UN General Assembly on nine nineteen of this year. It 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 really it's like my my chin hit the floor. It's like, oh well hot diggity. He's encouraging the people to be sovereign, says everybody is. And we, we Correct. could be we could be we could be stronger as a people and not take this crap anymore. You know, get to that point of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Don't go acting like a lunatic because then my mom would tell me you're no better than they are. Mm-hmm. We won't need so, to be violent. We won't need to be violent. Our numbers is what's going to be the the turning point, and especially if you got moms behind it. Moms on mm-hmm. mission. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to uh, bring a little uh, because Marty is new, and uh, and I don't know, uh, Mama G, if you had kept up with this, but here is the thing about the law enforcement. Um, the Colorado had created. Uh, there's a gentleman there who's now in prison. Actually, his name is Bruce Desset, yes. and he had uh, created. And this was a general consensus. It was not just him, but he's the one who started. 
continental meaning of the land, of the admiralty, um, marshals. And there was one, um, like the, the head marshal, and uh, she was arrested. Are, huh? you talking, are you talking about Hayward? Correct. Uh-huh. And she was arrested for impersonating a federal officer. And uh, there was, I don't know uh, whether she, how long her sentence was or whatever happened. But here's the issue. When the grand jury has an indictment, then it is taken back to the de facto, to the court system. But the sheriff, and this is important, the sheriff is informed because the sheriff is actually the most powerful position in in in, uh, in the county. He has he actually has the yeah. ability to to arrest the president. But yeah. he has he has. Let me finish. He has the right, or I shouldn't say right. He is sworn to uphold both the de facto and the de jure. And what Michigan did when they had their um, indictment, when the grand jury met, what they did is actually inform the sheriff who ignored them, and they sent three. The three is an important number in common law. Mm-hmm. And they sent a message three times to him, a formal information and formal request. And three times they were... Um, Ignored. At which time, they had the right to contact the militia, and then the militia took the oath to then become. Because the difference between the militia and a continental marshal for the grand jury is only the oath that is taken. So they took the additional oath to to uh, uphold the the indictment of the grand jury and then that was taken forward but it was very peacefully done but the option was given to the uh to the sheriff first as a proper um process if if you will the 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 right. chain of command okay i yield go ahead mamaji oh well, thank you so much for uh sharing that um I feel that, uh, from what I've researched, uh, it's the coroner who is above the sheriff. The coroner can't arrest the sheriff. He is the top dog in the county, is the coroner. I always thought it was the sheriff, as you were saying, and then I found out, no, the coroner can't arrest the sheriff. And that kind of, like, was hard for me to wrap my head around, you know, at first. Um, but that's the way they have it set up. So it's like, okay, that's cool to know. Well, does a coroner carry a weapon? Um, I haven't a clue. I did download a little bit of information on coroners and uh, their performance of duties and their uh, um, elected uh, uh, appointment by the people but I never got a chance to read over it. I just kind of skimmed it and put it away on a back burner because it didn't seem like something um, 
that uh, I needed to know right at that time other than, oh, yeah, a coroner can arrest a sheriff? Hmm, okay. I see how they are got their uh, government set up on who's top dog on the totem pole and where you can go directly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, having a common law grand jury, I think, would be good to have um, in what's being done and progress, I believe, is being made. Sometimes those that are trailblazing uh, fall into traps, and um, the de facto just completely ignores it. If there were more people willing to take a stand to support what they've been doing, and I've read uh, so far because um, I was a juror on the trial for that. So I got to view all the evidence of that trial Uh that they're facing sentencing for in the middle of November. What was the trial for? I think I missed that. Pardon me? What was the trial about? Who was being tried? Uh, They got the the common nickname of the Colorado Eight because the de facto had arrested eight of them, and there was one that they didn't find for several months later. He was low profile and in hiding because he was... uh, one of the eight that were um, able to establish uh, more strongly common law in Colorado uh, Mm. to the point that uh, they had approval of the Secretary of State and so forth and so on. And over a period, period, it was retaliation, over a period of, uh, of many years, and many filings and giving them more than opportunity upon opportunity upon opportunity to um, uh, to uh, let's set this matter straight, you know. And mm. by their admission, not showing up for trial and not answering simple questions like a demand to see an oath of office. There's none of them have an oath of office on record that they charged in the Colorado uh, government, judges, Mm. prosecutors, um, and several others. And so uh, they went after them, and that's like some people say, and I believe it's from the evidence, uh, I can't see it any other way. It was retaliation. So they, they, they they had the CIA and the FBI involved. Uh, supposedly surveying them and profiling them for about two to three years. And I heard this out of a prosecutor's mouth out of the trial uh, hearing, or uh, court hearing, rather, that they had in July up in Denver. A neighbor took right. me up. Because <clears throat> I could with uh, uh, Byfield and Doucette before I even returned to, to my home here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I found out that I moved back to Colorado that these these guys are in the state where I'm dwelling only a couple hours away, and I was looking for a support or a network of people closest to me, and oh, hell's bells, they're in our county. Oh, we have a well-educated sheriff that there's about 30 people locally that travel the roadways uh, 
without a license, without insurance, without a registration of the vehicle. Some of them have their own good plates, some none. Right. So um, it was very uh, hopeful to me about, you know, the possibility that these kinds of things are setting a way for others to know that united we stand and divided where the hell has it gotten us? You know, running around in circles, shooting and killing one another. Is that the kind of example we want to leave for our, our future generations? Mm-hmm. I think nothing changes if nothing changes. And if you want to gripe about it, then be part of the change. You know, stand up and be counted in we the people are the mm-hmm. supreme of the land. And let's come together and for now, at least, put aside any petty indifferences and, and and such. Just put that aside and focus on one thing, freedom from government, self-governing. We have to change our way of thinking, and there will be a change in our life patterns, you know. There will be a big change in our life patterns. I have because- a question to ask. Sure. Um, you were saying one of the people of the of the eight that was arrested in uh, Colorado, who was the one who was arrested later on? Nalty. Nalty, as I was Curry. Okay. No, well, Marty, uh, in, in case you... Uh-huh. Check this out, what this man went through. He was in an RV at an RV park with a, a friend and a secretary and a caretaker. And they were working in that location, and somehow uh, the de facto and their uh, 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 gangster thugs uh, surveyed the place and uh, ended up getting uh, warrants for their arrest. And when they came to arrest him, they put him, he was not resisting, there were witnesses, they put him in a chokehold and caused him to have a heart attack. Yeah. My God. So, I, I, uh, now they call now they're called the Colorado Nine, and they they've been railroaded through kangaroo courts. They've got a lot of things on record, which is one of the things they were uh, aiming to do if it went this way. So there's a lot of things on record. And, but it would be so much more uh, powerful what they're going through for the de facto to know they have the support of common law and we the people. Who are the nine? Why has it become nine from eight? Who is the ninth one? Well, uh, I don't know uh, exactly all the names I can try. There's Dissette, Byfield. Goodwin, Nolte, uh, Curry, yeah, Curry, and uh, oh shoot, I met that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's not important. One of the things that is very significant is uh, the the grand jury's law enforcement, they sh- they're going to the sheriff and informing the sheriff. And if you say the coroner is more important than the sheriff, these people have to be, 
Personally, I have I was told that they had um, gone after the judge for a seventeen trillion dollar lien or something, which is entire debt of America, and there were some issues like that, which is what got them into. Uh, now I don't know the details because I haven't yet kept up with it. I'm, but the way I work, with the way my mind works, I go back to the basics, and the basics is that the method of the method of the grand jury. Now there are two basics. Number one, in the assembly, we meet to discuss our rights, to discuss our um, de jure government, and the basic restoration. Okay. The, yeah. the other thing is that. Uh, when a grand jury meets, the method of the grand jury is of great importance because a grand jury, when it meets and it makes an indictment with a true bill or a no bill, so when it makes an indictment, then that has to have a process. If you make a mistake with the process, then the whole thing is going to come unravel and you wind up in prison like the group of eight or nine are in prison. But mm-hmm. if the system had been done correctly, nobody's going to prison. That is an issue that I keep bringing up. May I? Yes, go ahead. Um, I, I, I follow what you're saying, and I, I want to assure you I can see your point of view on it. Uh, however, the process that takes place, no matter what it may or may not happen to be has been decided on by the people that are deciding it. And so there could be a little bit different way of processing or not according to what the people are working at and working out to want. And what so... People are, what people are you talking about now? The people that are a part of this um, group of eight in terms of supporting them or the people that are making the the, the uh, de facto laws? I'm sorry, I didn't exactly follow you on that. When you use the term the people, who are you referring to as the people? Uh, you and me and anyone else who wants to be part of that fourth branch of government, which is the supreme law of the land, and the most important first three letters of the Constitution, of which President Trump admitted to or stated in uh, his speech in September, it was uh, an incredible speech, we the people, we the people, united, Okay, and, I, and, I, that could, and that could change, in my opinion, the way people gather and get together and decide things, you know, maybe on a, a, a local level or whatever. It's the rule of the land is we the people. And the, dif- the difficulty is, of course, that most of the people in America do not understand the Constitution anymore. And they don't understand what that means. And they want to... And when they start to understand, they want to go after the big people. And you're never going to win by going after the judges. Never. I'll guarantee that. Because, and you will never go, you never win oh, by going oh, after oh, the Oh, 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 
in Oregon, in Oregon, there is a judge who is a parking attendant. There is a prosecutor who is flipping burgers at McDonald's. Well, you did let me finish. In terms of, you know, challenging them in terms of their oath of office and various other things, um, if you want to win consistently, maybe that was a better way of saying it, if you want to win consistently, you take away the support of the big people. And if you'll notice, this is what Donald Trump is doing in in cleaning up the country, is that there's been over 5,000 arrests so far in terms of pedophiles and and sex traffickers and, and uh, people like this. And he's taking down the little people who are supporting the people above them. So you go from the bottom, you get rid of the riffraff in the bottom, and you keep working your way up. And eventually you will get to the big people, but you don't start at the top. You start at the bottom. If you want to have consistent success. And this is what Correct. people are willing to do in the freedom movement. They want to go straight for the president or they want to go straight for the governor or they want to go straight for the judges. And that's why people end up dead. That's why people are in jail. I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. For me, myself, I... I go like to go straight to the heart of the matter and go straight to the people. Go straight to the people and find out who out here is real and who's lost touch with themselves, if they even are real. Human, I mean, are they robots or what are they? I don't know, but there's some. We have out so here. many. I swear we, they're not. They're just. They're just not. They're just, they just don't seem human by the way they behave and act and, 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 and such. The difficulty, the difficulty is that, that you don't realize the amount of mind control that takes place. Now, America has probably the most mind control of any country in the nation, and I say that having lived overseas for uh, a number of years. And um, Americans are just fed a lot of false information. In fact, probably most of what people believe is not true. Um, and the thing is, is that it's in our school system, and it has come in, and I have watched it, you know, happening in terms of the change in the way that they approach the Constitution, in the way that they approach education, in the things that they no longer teach. I mean, people do not even know proper English anymore, and we have the more educated a person is, the more likely they are to use bad English. The grammar is disgusting. Well, that's why one of the reasons I feel the uh, that generation uh, in the school system that uh, can do and be the most useful as they're informed and educated about different things to research the it themselves because you say, you know, and I say I like to get right to the heart of the matter and go straight to it, but at the same time, um, uh, well, there's more to be said on that. That's a whole other story. It's too long for this call. Um, yeah, just stand back and take a look at the bigger picture if you can and may and will. Because if it affects one, it affects all of us. 
so it's it's a collective it's an individual effort in my opinion and it's a collective effort okay okay what are you doing uh, it is the, what are you doing in the area of um, uh, private property rights private property rights hmm like land patent titles and things like that where because a lot of the problem in America as well is that people no longer have control of their property. Correct. Well, ain't that the truth? Because I claim that they have my property in a prison wrongfully. Conspiracy, kidnapping, and fraud is my claim. Well, do you have a land patent title? Pardon me? Do you have a land patent title? Okay, we need to explain what a land, and just go over what a land patent title is. Okay. Oh, I don't need uh, all that. I don't need all that, because I'll tell anybody right straight up right now, I have a, 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 a kind of like a notice from my son in prison. I told him, I want and need you to write out on paper in your own hand as best you can these words. And he wrote it down over the phone. He wrote it down, and he sent that to me. He said, what for? And I said, well, one, you know you owe me a million plus. You've told me that before. Now I want you to put it in writing. But I told him to say that he is my property. He's my property. Now you're, now you're getting into you. You're getting into the uni, uniform commercial code in terms no, of that. No, no, I'm not getting into anything other than. Uh, but that's what that's where that comes from. I can tell you where it comes from. It comes from the universal, the UCC, and that's well, what they've done, and they've actually done filings. It comes from me. It comes from me. Okay. Can you explain that, Marty, a little bit well, more? Well, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to explain the reason for land patent title is that all land that has been sold in America has been sold under a land patent title under common law. When we uh, bought land west of the Mississippi River, that's and not it was, uh, I yes, let her finish. Would you just, uh, Mary Jean, I know, what finish. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about here. I have set up a I'll number of these, and the, it stops the government. It stops them because they have no because what you do, but you have to get your land patent. You 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 go back to the original and you update it. So you have to show the chain of ownership so that you have a clear title. And then you bring bring Mary, uh, Mama G. You have to let her finish because we really want to hear this. And then I'm I'm uh, and I'm very interested in this personally. But uh, this is vital information, and and, and let her finish it, please. I apologize for my rudeness. That's all right. And under each area of land that was bought, there is a it was it's land it's a land patent, and sometimes it's a a title. It's still a patent, but it sometimes has been a grant. It has been a land grant because they did that to uh, many of the soldiers, and they went home. They ended up giving them land under a land grant. And so it was land that was given sovereignly to the person as a sovereign, and the United States government totally 
divested themselves of the land so that it was no they no longer had any ties or any ownership to it no no uh, uh, bank was allowed to have a land patent title so they're not allowed to actually loan land loan money on a land with land patent titles and so any loan that they make is um, illegal in terms of if you have your land patent title. Every piece of land, there's a land patent title behind it. And if it's still in the government's hand and you buy the land from the government, you will get a land patent title that gives you title to the land and divests the government from it. And you own it as sovereign. Now, but to get that, you have to have the chain of ownership all the way to where you are now to show that you have a right to claim your land under the original land patent title. So that is what is bringing your land patent title up to date. Then you need to file this and then you need to notify and to and then you need to you can stick it on the bulletin board that's in the sheriff's office or you can actually um, print it in a newspaper that's a newspaper that has uh, prints at least five days a week, um, 52 weeks out of the year, as long as you uh, publish it three times and you have no other comeback, the land patent title then has been perfected for you on your little piece of property. Now, most land patent titles started off with 40 acres. Some of them were a little bit bigger, but normally it was about 40 acres. And so you know most people don't have 40 acres. They just have a little lot in the city. So you need to find out the land patent title. You need, so you need to find out where your piece of land is situated and on which land patent title it is. And once you have that, then you actually go forth and you get a copy of the land patent title and the updating of it, and you file that at the, uh, at the county. And then you have this. And then you notify people like the sheriff and the uh, county attorney and anyone else that will come against you. And you will have yourself, and then you put notices on your, on your land. Now, the federal government will not, anybody from the federal government knows this, and they will not cross that boundary unless you give them permission. Wow. Double wow. That is a process that we would, I, I really feel, okay. Marty, I'm very, very and grateful for you to bring I, this. I had, to, I had to find out about this by being overseas because, this is not information that many people in America know, and don't. Nor do they know how to use it. And another well, thing is, people think, "Oh, yeah, well, then if we have that, we don't have to pay taxes." One of the things that I have found is that you still um, you still need to pay taxes. I don't know anybody at this stage that has a land patent title who does not. But in, you know, so they will not take you off the tax roll like that. But there may be other ways you can be taken off the tax roll. And one is to do a common law lien. There are. Property. How did you find out this? From which, you said you found out from a foreign country. Did you find out oh, from I, the I, 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 I dug and I've spent thousands of dollars on information. So I am not just talking through a hole in my head for anybody who thinks I am. And I have perfected some things that work. But the problem is, is most people don't understand the paperwork and they do not know what to do with it because they don't do their own homework properly. And, and the thing is, 
is that anything you have to have a firm foundation. And this is what is not being done. You can't build a house on sand and expect it to stand any more than you can expect to have um, sovereignty without having a proper solid foundation. You can't have private property that really you own unless you have a solid foundation and you've got to go back to where the foundation is and fix it. May I? Yes, feel free. Yeah. Um, this is like a wow, wow, because um, this kind of coincides with uh, someone who was on the Colorado uh, Wednesday conference call. Um, there was a, She opened up a discussion on something she has before, but this time there was more time on the call for her to elaborate. And she's talking about uh, checking in your localities for who holds the deed to the property. The prison, a lot of the prisons and jails are um, uh, on, on unappropriated land or something like that. I still have to research it more. But she's claiming that uh, they're on there uh, Unlawfully, illegally. Uh, well, and no. that she she went to research, and I did too. Before I did other research, um, I in a call I was on to a, a a county for other information. I just stuck that one out there. I said, "Oh, by the way, um, where can I find out where the uh, who has the deed on the property of the jail?" And she said and transferred me, and then that person said they didn't know and transferred me again. And when I finally got to speak to the recorder's office, she says, uh, uh, well, I can tell you that the jail was done in 1983, but if I want to know anything more about that, she her performance of duties is only to record, not to provide um public or, and to provide public access and she's done that in that you can come in and research it yourself or you can pay someone to come in for you but that's not yeah. in her performance and duties that, and, and that is true because she is right in that she is right her job is not to tell you what has been filed and what it means right that's not her job. absolutely that's not her job so I didn't tell them exactly what I was digging and poking around for. I was just snooping uh, as a researcher uh, in some legal material I'm writing up, <laughs> possibly. Um, I do think that some of this stuff now is harder to find because people have used some of it, and they've uh, and they've been stupid in how they've used some of these things, and so. Uh, uh, a few people have gotten a bit smarter, and so they've made it a bit harder to find some of the information, but it's still accessible. Um, this is a good tool. This is a good tool to use uh, for someone who's working out different strategies in an individual situation or a collective situation to be shared. It's well, one, of the, one of the things in terms of, of land at the very beginning, the government actually gave land grants to the states in fact, all the land was sort of divided up to the state. Well, not all of it, but the states were given certain amounts of land. They were franchised. In terms of land grants to use for um, hospitals, 
to use for um, jails, to use for schools. And these were grants. And so um, probably you'll find that the ownership actually is the state that owns it. And it'll be under a land grant. Hmm. And when they get when they when they will remove a school like they used to have a lot of country schools and each county had so many um, so much land that was given to set up these these one room schoolhouses all around and uh, once that was was given was taken away then the the county would um, oftentimes get it and then they would sell it so it would have been from the state would have granted it to the county and then the county actually has moved things in the way that they've gotten away from the land patent title is they gave people warranty deeds. If anybody has a warranty deed, that is not a land patent title. You have to go beyond the first warranty deed. And that was a, it was sort of a scam that was done as they changed from the constitutional government to the corporation after, after 1871 when everything became incorporated and all of the, all of the uh, state uh, – Capitals moved to another place because they were no longer the original state. It was now a corporation, so they had to put it in another position, another place. So it's a, it'll be a corporation. It'll be under a corporate name. Probably registered in Puerto Rico, which is probably why there was a hurricane there that took out all the bases that could be used to show this tremendous corruption that's been going on around America. Well, I, even without that presentment of possible evidence. There's enough. There's plenty more than enough just by the testimony of people who have been suffering the uh, injustices. And uh, yeah, there'll be more than enough evidence and it won't be in their favor. See, See, the problem is what most people do when they're trying to use common law is they mix it with de facto, and then they lose. And as soon as they mix it, or they um, don't realize that they've won, they open the door for the next step to be taken to challenge them, and then they lose, and they end up in jail, and they don't know why it happened. I've just seen this happen again and again. I stopped doing paperwork because the people, you know, uh, if they followed what exactly what I said they to do, they won. Well, you know what? Um, they they didn't resist. Um, they had no choice. They because the other guys had the guns, and they took all their computers, all their work, um, cases that I think uh, Goodwin had twenty five hundred cases. He was helping people, and they took that all away from them. Yep, yep, yep. To try to, to try to slow them down and stop them for, it was retaliation as far as I can tell. And some, of course, and of course there's some of that. So of course there's some of that. But the thing is, is that they didn't have their foundation in place. They didn't have their land patent titles. They did. I don't know about I'll that. Bet you I'll bet you they didn't, and I'll bet you they didn't have the UCC in place, which gave them control over this, and I heard rumors. That, I heard rumors that they did not have the uh, UCC exactly in place. And it's like, what difference does that make? The charges well, it's international. 
The UCC, Uniform Commercial Code, is international. It's international. And you can actually, it's, it's first in time, first in line. And so you need to do your filings that show that you have the ownership of these various things. And this is they part did. of your foundation. They, they Another did. part of your foundation is probably patenting your name, copywriting your name. Well, to me, all this does, all the de facto has does, has did for me personally. When I heard about this, I was at first outraged. The very nerve of them, the very nerve of them to go that far, and I thought, what do you, what, what's so unnerving about it? They're doing it to your son, and how many other sons and daughters uh, adopted ones of mine they've done to, and neighbors that I know. It's like, what am I thinking to, that these people are human at all? I, I, I don't know who they are, but they're certainly not human beings in my book. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm, what I'm saying is that you don't truly understand who you are and who they are and how you protect yourself from them. Well, I tell people... And the foundation, if the foundations aren't in place, anything else that you build on top will crumble. You have to be consistent. And this is the thing that I keep finding is that when I read stuff, they'll say, I don't know why I lost. I can read it and I can tell you right now why they lost. It's because they mixed they mixed um, common law with the, with the de facto law. Well, that's why there are people... Uh, in these different uh, circles or groups that are trying to uh, restore and establish uh, more of the common law. And I'm, I'm really grateful for those that have gone before me to get us this far uh, because um, I, I was ignorant. I didn't know, and it, or, or I did know, but I, I'd been drugged up so much I'd forgotten, and now I'm remembering or something I don't know. But I'm very thankful and grateful to know and to be able to give a ray of hope, possibly. <laughs> okay. Is, is I'd, I'd like to uh, take the floor for one second, please. I want to welcome Northeast Wisconsin. I think that's Valerie. Yes. Yes. Welcome, Valerie. And uh, on the call, we have Marty. And she's from Eastern Iowa, and she's the one who's telling us all about the land patent title, and she's talking about it. And um, she has a lot of experience in this. She's been studying this for a very, very long time. She understands um, common law with the depth that a lot of people in the restoration do not yet grasp. So it's mm-hmm. vital information. And Sorry. The other thing that I like very much about Marty is that she's willing to come forward with it and share with it. That's a big thing. A lot of people do not share, and so that's very important. We also have um, Mama G on the call, and she's from her her she's from Colorado, although her phone number shows up as Southern Indiana. But we know that she's and correct me if I'm wrong, Mama G. You're from Colorado, right? Uh, uh, sometimes I'm in Colorado and sometimes I'm in Indiana. Okay. And sometimes okay. I'm I'm here or there, but uh, uh, I lay my I, I lay my head presently in Colorado. Correct. When I, 
Correct. So one of the things that's important to recognize is that according to common law, and please correct me, Marty, if I'm wrong, but according to common law, four people are a quorum. We can't do anything with less than four people. And to hold a grand jury, we need 25 people. But for a quorum, when you have any paper that needs to be filed, if you have a quorum, that's complete. Am I right? I think you probably are. I, okay. I, not absolute on that one, I'm sorry. Okay, so that's information that had been given to us by some researchers, and we can research it at length. But the, um, the, the issue of land patent title, ultimately we are all paying rent for our piece of land, and the rent right. is going in. So it's really leased land. However, the land patent title gives whether you are going, it's not an issue, I mean, there is an issue of the taxes, but it isn't the taxes so much as ownership. Right. And the land, the way I understand it, the land patent title actually gives ownership. <clears throat> it gives you sovereign, it gives you the, brings back your sovereign rights over your land. Then the next step was when you, file it with the UCC and you list it and you have it filed um, and then you bring it back in terms of your um, land, uh, your uh, UCC filing and file it in your local county, you're first in line with your land and so people can't take your land or sell your land when you have that UCC properly filed on it. And um, why that is important is because we have a group of elite people around the world, and this is international law. And so if you wanted to go further and you wanted to uh, really tie things up, you could actually file it in The Hague. And uh, and I've done a little bit in terms of using stamp work and filing stuff in The Hague, and I caused the uh, um, head of the insurance uh, department to resign because um, they would have been had to have held responsibility for some of the fraud that was going on and rather than to have to answer to that and go to jail they just resigned and so wow. you can resign from their office by using some of these international law um, and part of it is by using stamps and so you can actually control some very important high-ranking people by sending them notices in the right fashion and but you have to um, you can't be doing it in an vindictive fashion you need to be doing it with integrity and honesty and with actually love in your heart for the people not that you're wanting to get rid of people but I found this out um, in terms of the process and I went and sold a piece of land that I had listed under the UCC and they couldn't move on the land until I removed it from my UCC. So I know how powerful it is because the attorney wrote me a letter and says, you've got to do this. We can't do anything until you remove this from the UCC. And um, um, you can also use this to stop people from, um, I mean, I've known situations where um, there's been a child involved and, and they want to use it against one of the uh, 
partners in a bad way, and uh, if they take out a UCC and the child is listed on their UCC, it stops the whole process, and the whole government will stop and not do anything with that child because you now own that child. And and the way we have our setup now is that with the birth certificate, you don't own your child. The government does. Um. May I? May I? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have a question for Marty. What would you think about uh, a certificate from a birthing center, maternity birthing center, of the uh, given name of the child by the mother and signed by the midwife? Before it ever left to go to the county or the state, on the back on the the back of the certificate, on the front and back of the certificate, there are footprints. Right, right. Well, my original one has my footprints on it, and my mom's thumbprint, and I think my dad's thumbprint on it. So you know, it was uh, it was still under. Would I still need to have a, a land trust to show proof of ownership, or would that suffice? Oh yeah, you need, you, I mean uh, this sort of thing. If you if you want to have your land patent title, what you've done has nothing to do with the land patent title. It does not give you ownership of your land. Any doesn't doesn't strengthen anything. You see, a lot of times people think that an affidavit is going to work. Well, well you were talking work. about property. Yeah. I was talking about I was talking about now underage children, and when you have and when you sign a birth certificate in the hospital and the hospital takes this, it actually goes to the Department of Commerce. They sell it, and they have a big insurance policy on them, and that's why they can take children away from people is because you no longer own your child because it is signed away at on the birth certificate. I know, I know. And the way to get that back is by filing the UCC and putting your underage children on the UCC as a part of your property, and then they are your property, and the state cannot then intervene. I will remember these things, and I will pay it forward uh, most definitely in my uh, work that I'm involved with. Uh, Um, uh, I have a question. I have a question of Marty. Can you please, you were saying that UCC is an international code. It doesn't belong only to America. Does it? That's right. So it's a uniform commercial code, right? Right. UCC, it means universe. So that means to say that any country in the world is subject. Is it an international treaty or how did that, do you know about the history of it? How did that happen? You know, I, I, I don't know the exact history, but I know it is accepted in almost all of the Western nations and uh, is recognized uh, throughout uh, Europe and uh, the Commonwealth countries, probably originates. Uh, I know a little of history on it. Go ahead. Um when the changes took place over the decades with the uh, Federal Reserve 
and uh, notes, um, they had to have a way to transact uh, business. So uh, they got the colorful money, then they got the colorful courts, and uh, the common law was being, uh, like, taken out of the picture. And they couldn't have that because uh, it could tip the apple cart. So they developed the Uniform Commercial Code to be uh, used to uh, protect the common law uh, way. And they can uh, also do business uh, with each other if they choose to or not. Is my understanding. Um, and that, that, that is true, as they developed the uniform, uh, the, the elite, I would say, of the world. And uh, so it will be in connection, conjunction with uh, uh, the papacy, the, um, um, the royal family of Europe, the royal families of Europe. I mean, these are the elites. And uh, the Rothschilds, they're a little bit lower than the royals but they are very powerful because they have so much money and they control the money. Um, various mm-hmm. orders, such as the Knights Templars and the Knights of Malta and, and these, there are the elites within this that are running the world. And uh, so they set up this system, and that is true. Um, and the problem is, in terms of dealing with that, is that that is not common law. You need to keep that in mind. The reason for listing your land patent on that would be so that the because this is the one that they recognize, and that um, that controls them, and it's a way of using what they have to control them. It's sort of like homeopathy. You use the same to treat the same. You know, you, you uh, if you want to get rid of poison ivy, you use poison ivy to get rid of poison ivy. You know, and it's the same sort of thing in terms of the elite. Sometimes, you know, you have to use what they are using, um, but know it better than they do. Yeah, that's why I like the, the president, uh, not uh, Mr. Trump's speech. It's like the things that he said, it was like, oh, that was such a confirmation for me of uh, the uh, work that I'm doing. Now, behind it has it has the president, you know, for those people that are still in the dark, uh, including the elite, they're all about to become enlightened as we grow in numbers, helping one another to become better informed as to the uh the situation we found uh going on with our lives. I think what we're gonna see happen is that behind the scenes and it's being worked on um, if if Trump and yeah, his group, I'm sure if, Trump, if Trump and his group win, and I think he will, what we will see is that there will be a change, but nobody will even realize the change has taken place, and it'll be moved back into the common law arena, um, and the judges and the various attorneys will be um, um, re-educated in terms of constitutional law. And I think we're going to see that happen, but um, it's not. Oh. There's not going to be any fanfare. Most people aren't going to realize that this is what has occurred. Well, it's already happening because a lot of judges are getting up 
off the benches and leaving the courtrooms and and all kinds of uh, things I've seen of, of success stories of the people that uh, uh, are in the know and are willing to walk the talk, you know. Um, well, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. It, we're not we're not seeing much of it in Iowa at the moment, and I think maybe it's because the the Masonic Lodge is so strong in this area. Well, you know, I found there's one thing that I'd like to, I found one thing is a strong common denominator for all the troubles and woes, and all the people doing what I'll call activist work in one area or another, regardless of the race religion, color, lifestyle preferences, you name it, whatever. They we all have one thing in common. Life source energy. And they you can title it and form it and shape it any way you want because it's a creative world. We are in the shape we're in because we're allowing it. It's it's not what I know I want, so it's like out with the old and in with the new. And I'm looking forward to it. As I see it developing, it's very exciting. And um, I want to thank you for bringing this topic up. And uh, there's a whole my brain is like going clickety crack, clickety crack of how to use this information, along with mm. some of I recently. Uh, that introduced to about the uh, unappropriated land and where the prisons and jails are sitting because it's my feeling, part of my work, to expose more of the prison system. And the common denominator I spoke of is um, love, divine love, that life source energy, it's something we all have because without it, we wouldn't be here, you know, on the phone talking or we wouldn't be here. So, um, huh. I, the prison I, system, the prison system is a slave camp and the conspiracy and the kidnapping behind fraud that put our sons and our daughters there living flesh and blood, our flesh and blood, for these parasites to feed off of. Well, they oh, passed okay. laws to enable that to happen. To pay, to pay, to pay, to pay, to pay a national debt. And, and it's not I about think, it's about putting money in the pockets of the elite. Well, we found that the bank here that uh, you pay your fines into is actually a bank that is owned by Israel. All right, let me ask you this, Marty. Do you not? Would you not agree that if not if? as the people become more united, that they can't shut down these jails and these prisons and this here corporation business that's been going on, to get them to either change your ways and go by the laws of land 
or get on your boats, one-day ration of bed and water, because a bullet in the throat isn't good enough for what y'all have been doing here. If you want to be here on the law of the land, you go by the law of the land, which is the people. Well, uh, that's the issue that um, Marty uh, brought up a little while ago about the common law in Iowa, and I want to make a suggestion. Um, but before I do that, I see that another person has joined in from Northern Virginia, and I think it's Ron, and I just want to say hello. That's Ron. Hello. I think he's muted. But um, we have another uh, member just join us. And um, if you can unmute yourself, then you could say hello and meet everybody else, Ron. Um, but the, it was, here's what we discovered. When we have, in this assembly, we went through and decided for all of us what are the articles of authority. And yes, we know that the Supreme Court gave the ruling for the, in the 1992 U.S. versus William that talked about the common law grand jury. But in addition to that, we have other organic um, document, documents that are founding documents. And one of them is the original organic constitution of every state. And when we looked into the one for Illinois, it's all common law. Well, not all of it, but mm -hmm. um, a good deal of it is common law. And we um, recognize that, and it is, it's, it's right there in the Illinois Civil Code of Procedure. And our Illinois courts, especially in Rock Island County, are trying hard to not, or at least they did, to not talk about common law because nobody was enforcing it. They were only talking about statutes all the time. And then when you when you see the common law and you and you use it, then they kind of nobody can argue with it because that's what the law is. But it's the original. I don't remember when Iowa was incorporated. In Illinois, it was 1818. The first constitution was 1818. And then that carried into some amendments and some changes. We've had four constitutions. But the first one was carried into number two, number three, and number four, uh, the one that's 1920s, number four, which people are using now. But they cannot discredit the 1818 one. And that's why... When we started this assembly and the articles of authority that we use on the national one, it's the original constitution of every state. I'm mm. thinking, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my guess is that Iowa was incorporated in 1848, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't know. I was thinking it was 1854 or oh, okay. I thought it was in the 1850s. That it actually was incorporated because it was in, uh, it had to be later than that because it was in Iowa City, the capital, until it incorporated when it moved to um, Des Moines. Okay, so it's 1850, that's pretty recent. I mean, not pretty recent, sorry, but much more recent than some, because of, part of the reason why Illinois was earlier is the Northwest Ordinance. The yeah, and I, I've given most of my law books away that I had, so I, I, I can't even look most of this stuff up because I was so uh, 
I was so uh, upset with it, what every, what every, the way everything had gone and the way people were, you know, uh, taking it and not understanding it that I decided that I was pulling out and I just got rid of everything. I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. You got me talking about it again when I, you know, said a long time, you know, a number of years ago, I wasn't going to deal with this anymore. I am so glad that we we are, are talking about it again. And if I had known you then when you were giving your uh, law books, I would have taken all of them and put them into the library at the Moline Club. And then uh, when you were uh, when when you were ready, then you could at least know where you can consult with them. And in the meantime, other people could right. read them. Some well, of those I, books are available. Well, I think I think I just stuck them in a box, and I think Nancy took them back to Larry. Is what I think happened. Well, if you can access them, do you know Michigan is looking for any civic studies, civil studies, this, this, uh, the ones that were being taught in school, because mm-hmm. civil studies is not being taught in school anymore. Right. And so the old textbooks, they're looking for any examples of that. They just co- want to collect them. Yeah. Well, I don't think I'd send them up to Michigan, but anyway. Too many, yeah. too, much, too many people are interested in Sharia law, and they might get lost, so I wouldn't send them up there. But <laughs> no, but uh, the yeah, no, that's that's something that I just don't understand how that's happening. But Michigan has got one of the oldest de jure government all the way since the Civil War. It's one of the oldest ones, and that's yeah. the one state that they have Sharia law, which is so un-American. I just don't understand it. They also have some in uh, in Virginia, and uh, they've got a whole city in Virginia that's just about taken over. Um, and Minnesota, the Twin Cities, have been really taken over. It might be, you know, with the Somalians, and it's just terrible. And what happens is that you get some liberals that are in there that don't understand anything, and they're bleeding heart liberals, and they're probably social worker background, and they think they're doing all these wonderful things and we have to be acceptable and accept everybody, but they're but they're being so open-minded that the wind blows straight through one ear out the other. Correct, and they have no idea of what they don't have any history. They don't. They've not studied it what's happened. To other it, hasn't been, it hasn't been taught for the last fifty years. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why right. they're sitting ducks, and that's a big that's problem. Right. And so they've been taught this liberal crap. And they've accepted a hook, line, and sinker, and they think anybody that talks sense doesn't know what they're talking about. And the problem is, is they have been so brainwashed they don't even realize it. There's some that are becoming more alert and awake now, but I'll tell you, it's uh, it's an uphill battle when you have this sort of takeover mm. of the of the um, universities that we have. I call it a balancing act of uh, of sorts. Uh, through the decades, I've seen uh, a lot of progress, and uh, the things I never in what not the educational system. Yes, I mean, one child left behind is what destroyed our grade schools. I mean that really finalized things. No child left behind is terrible; needs to be removed. And the Pardon. education system, they hired one liberal professor after another. And um, when they took when they took God out of the school and they took prayer out of the schools and they take it, well, 
you you want to know why you don't have God there because you've been taken out. You want to want to know why such evil stuff has been going on because God's not there anymore. He's not wanted. So that's what takes over. Now, uh, one of the ways that we're looking at because again, this is you know the solution oriented. We have to do something that's solution oriented. Is that with national assembly? The National Assembly of Common Law, we need to have more than just one. And you have the state assemblies. According to, the, according to common law, each state is a republic by itself. So uh, Illinois, for example, if it's a strictly Illinois assembly, then you cannot go to Iowa, not even Iowa, because you might as well go to Canada or Mexico. It's right. the different republics. But when right. you have a national assembly, then everyone, any representative from any any of the state can be part of it. Well, when right. you make, a, when you have an uh, an indictment or if a grand jury is convened on a national basis, it will be for a national issue. Am I right? Right, right, you are. And, and, Right, and so for the state for the state assemblies, when a grand jury is convened for the state, it's going to be for the state assembly, only right. state issues, right? Right. So right. Now, it seems that they are beginning one in Iowa. I don't know, but when they, if they are, then Iowa needs to find out what the law is for the Illinois, and maybe we can t- find out because if. You know, we are not restricted to only Illinois, but we need to find out what the organic 1850 or whatever the year it is for Iowa, what that constitution says regarding common law. I think it's all probably assumed. Um, It reads a little bit different. I mean, I've read it, but I just... uh... A lot of times they'll change, they'll just change a comma here or there, or they'll change a capital letter to a lower letter or a lower letter to a capital letter. It's really interesting. And even in, even in the, even in the latest, you know, in terms of statutes and things, they'll comment on things like driving that you need a license for commercial driving, um, and uh, it doesn't say you need one for regular driving, but if you're driving commercially, you need to have one. It's real clear in there, but uh, it's really quite interesting, you know, um, how they how they just sort of change things subtly. Well, that makes me want to uh, look into it in uh, Indiana and Colorado and the states in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do need to. You need to see. So Iowa has it clear about driving without the. I mean, traveling and driving. The commercial driving, right? Yeah, I mean, when you read the code about the driving area, it's all about commercial, and 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 it reads this, and they just apply it to everybody that's driving, and uh, but it doesn't apply to everybody that's driving, but they apply it, and people have just accepted it. So, <laughs> so until we educate the people more about traveling versus driving the racketeering business is going to continue. Yeah, it will. And the thing is, is that it's not a good one to fight because they will rip away your license. And it, like like you said earlier, 
they're the ones that have the guns. They're the ones that have the jails. And so you need to be careful in terms of picking your battles. I already have been in jail for five days because of a, a seatbelt violation that I was traveling, not in commerce. They demanded ID. They ganged up on me. They called in the state police because they thought I was a sovereign citizen, which I kindly st- tried to straighten them out on that. And uh, so um, the, the battle was picked for me, and when all was said and done, uh, they dismissed charges and just wanted me out of there. I was still in the newbie stages, the beginning stages, but I felt confident enough in what I know that I'd let them know. I I don't have a contract with you unless you can show me jurisdiction. Here's the 43 Supreme Court cases that say I have a right to travel when I'm not in commerce. When they uh, demanded ID or I was going to jail, I handed them my Class A CDL. Hmm. Okay, your what CDL? Your which one? Class A, commercial driver's license. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, It's for people that uh, drive 18 wheels. I mean, I know what a, I know what it, what a commercial license is, but it sounded like you had something other than just a commercial license. No, like I a, told them, I, I told them that I had ID, but I didn't want to uh, give over my ID until uh, we had a little discussion about whether I needed to do so or not, and I tried to give him information, and he wouldn't take it. He wanted me to stay where I was while he walked back to his vehicle, and I said, am I being detained? And he didn't answer my uh, question. He kept walking, and I said, well, if I'm being detained, I want you to know my fee schedule is $1,000 a minute. And I put it on a recording. Hmm. Well, um, you know what I did with um, in Iowa was that I wrote a, a um, uh, position of status in terms of who I was. Well, that's what and, I did. And um, I uh, had it served um, with a proper server to the sheriff and to the um, county attorney and to the chief of police. I delivered it all by hand. I delivered it all by hand with a well, smile. I, I, I used a server, and there was a reason for using the server, was that um, it's important that whoever you use is not identified with you. So you have that a proof of service, and there's no possibility that there's any lying or any fraud involved. And so I had I a timestamp. I had timestamp by the county clerk each copy. It doesn't matter if you do that. If you, but you have to serve these people so they know who you are. They put it on record, and um, and so I showed who I was, and in right. terms of that I wasn't a terrorist, and that and that I had a safe place, that my uh, abode was in a particular location, and didn't actually have a number. The number was on my mailbox, and anyway, I did a whole long thing in terms of it. And when I'm, if I was stopped for a while there, whenever I was stopped or I went to visit somebody that was in jail, I had to wait a while and because they, they would read through this whole thing. They would sort of look at me with this sort of 
stare and then they would just sort of stutter, um, you can go see this person. And when they would stop me, the officer would go back because I would never give them my license. I'd only show it to them and then because that's all you have to do. And then they would go back to their car and they'd come back and they'd say, oh, well, have a nice day. And that's all that happened. And so, um, you know, there's ways of actually handling what's there without without creating a big scene, without making them mad. And uh, so that's what I did. So I, I they, they leave me alone. And I have used I have used attorneys already in a situation where I wanted something changed and I wasn't prepared to go through because my my job wasn't to educate them in terms of the law um, entirely. And one of these situations, I was stopped, I was given a ticket, and I decided that it was illegal and dangerous the sort of thing that they were doing, and that um, I shouldn't have been given a ticket for what was done because the law hadn't actually come into place yet, although I could understand why they were trying to do this particular thing. And so I took their ticket, which was for $200, and the, the, the guy asked me, and any comments? I said, yeah, I think this is very steep for this sort of thing. And he said, I agree with you. He says, you know, you're the nicest person I've talked to all night. And this is what we, they, and they're having to do a job. I mean, they really are having to do this. They have people above them that are chomping down. And, and um, so I got it. I got the best lawyer I could find. He doesn't care about attacking a city and he would always win. And so I got it. It cost me $800. I could have paid $200 for the ticket. But I spent $800 on this attorney to go into court, and guess what happened? It all got dropped. And I talked to the, to the police officer who, who did end up showing up, and he apologized for everything that had happened. Any traffic stops in this area, again, we take your point. It was a dangerous place. We shouldn't have done it. And so what I wanted to have stopped, stopped. They haven't done it again, and this has been like six years ago. And so, um, um, you know, I think I think there's a place where you just uh, you're just nice to them and you use their own law against them um, to get the situation. Sometimes it costs money, and nobody else probably would have done it, but there was a principal involved. And so I just and I thought, you know, with all the thousands I've spent in terms of studying, this is cheap at the price. And I'll tell you what. They don't bother me anymore. I've, I've taken this city to court three times. I've won every time, and they don't even bother me anymore. Well, you're you're right, and I thank you for your persistence. It sounds like it's paid off very well with blessings. But I have, um, but I have used their court case. But I, I mean, I've used their court system. But I've used and I've used attorneys in these three instances with this town I'm living in now. Mm-hmm. But I also told the attorney what questions to ask and insisted that he do that, and he did that. He said, well, nobody's ever done this before, and nobody's ever ever asked these questions. Well, I said, I want these questions asked. So he did ask them, and the judge um, listened to them, and and she agreed with everything that I had presented. And this attorney was just flabbergasted. He goes, oh, my goodness, I've never seen this happen before. And I said, well, you probably – it sounds like you've never asked these sort of questions before. He said, well, no, I guess I haven't. And so basically what happened was that I – was that I won, and so I think I think that we can use their own system to win what we want as well. Well, there there are some uh, successes. There's I call them hit and misses. It just all depends. 
some people say it depends on the judge whether he's having a bad hair day or not and other comments. Um, but like you were saying earlier uh, about uh, mixing the... Uh, the uh, law, so the du jour along with the... Uh, the exactly. Pacto. And right. this is where I found in every situation the person did not understand what they were doing and they stepped out of the common law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every time, I mean, absolutely well, every time I have read cases and they said, I don't know why I lost. I could tell them why they lost. It's simple as can be. It's just as, as plain as the nose on your face. Well, it's kind of but good to hear. Because be- so, most of these men are so bent on telling these people off and showing them that they're wrong and, and you know, they're not never going to win when you have that attitude. You just don't. Well, uh, when I was in court, um, I, I filed the paperwork I needed to file, I wanted to file, and the whole thing should have been discharged. Um, I was, uh, 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 the uh, corporation name had uh, uh, been given notice to me that um, uh, there was an appeal for the corporation name. And this is the this is the county where I lived for 30 years. And they knew me. But they didn't know this about me until I got there. I wouldn't cross the bar. I wouldn't cross into their jurisdiction until I had a question answered. Mm. And the judge ordered me after agreeing to answer the question, which once I asked it, he didn't want to answer, so he's trying to uh, entice me, trick me, and then finally ordered me, and when I refused, he held me in contempt and put me in jail. Yeah, well. And what could I do? I was kidnapped, and I let them all know it. I guess you could ask him whether it was criminal contempt or civil contempt. Well, I couldn't ask him anything because he was uh, giving instructions to the reporter. And, uh, you know, all I wanted was one simple question answered, and that was, was this a court of record? Because sometimes I've heard traffic court isn't always a court of record, and I want to be sure that it was. And before I would speak any further, I wouldn't even identify myself. Uh, wow. But they knew, they they knew that I went by that name. But what they didn't know that I now knew, and I had to explain to them that I know, and I'm not contracting with you, you know. Um, and and if you wanted to, you know, so I think you're putting in all sorts of extra stuff that you don't have to do. And not one of one of the, I think so many people do so much more than what they need. The only thing you need to do when you're signing your name, for example, is put by in front of your name. It shows that you are the human being that is operating on behalf of the straw man. Well, I think the thumbprint idea, I like could that. You, could you repeat that, Marty? Could you repeat that? What is it that you put in front of the, your name? I just put by, B-Y. Okay. Because this is what you do if you're signing for a corporation. And I've been incorporated. I have a straw person. I have a straw lady. And so I'm the real person. That's And so what it does is it shows that I know who I am. I'm a real person. I'm a viable um, person. And um, 
the person that they are sending this to is not real. It's just a paper person. It's just on paper. You know, it's a created entity. And uh, so I put by whenever I sign. And I'll tell you, when I was, uh, and I did some work for the government on a short-term basis, and I put by and I explained why I put by, and they went, oh, that's really interesting. Okay. So they understood what I was doing. And I signed it on a regular basis that way. And everything I sign is by and me, unless it's in actual common law. And almost nothing is. And when it's an actual common law, how do you sign it? And then I would just sign it, um, probably Martha. Okay. You see, and people want to argue that, that um, you know, uh, it's only in capital letters that you're the corporate entity. No, that's not true. It's, you, they, can, they can write your name any way they want to in the straw man position. And so just because it's in caps doesn't mean any different than if it has a capital M in front of it or a small m in terms of my name or your name with a, a capital N or a small n or all letters in caps. doesn't matter. I mean, there are people who want to argue this, you know, that it's all caps. No, it's not. It's anything they want it to be. You put by in front of it and then you're, clearly delineating that you are the real person that's signing on behalf of the corporation. Because it's a wedding signature. Yeah. And that's why, you know, anything that's done on the computer, you know, and when you sign, and I don't like these things where I have to sign for my credit card on, on uh, you know, with my finger or something. I mean, at least you have to sort of sign something, but it's not a wedding signature. And so it's not my signature that's on there, but they accept it. And so it's just, it's all, you know, so any credit card, any bills, it all comes to your straw man or your straw woman, whatever. And so if I write a check, and if you look, and, and a lot of the little print on the checks and stuff is little, um, indicates that it's uh you know, it, it's not. Anyway, I've done some special things in terms of check accounts, so um, that's a whole other story. But everything I sign, I just sign by in my name. And my driver's license has it on it. So the driver's license, I go ahead and get a driver's license. It's in my corporate name, and I signed it by me with a wedding signature. I've signed it by me. As on behalf of the straw person, and so then I drive on behalf of the straw person. I'm the chauffeur. But it's as simple. It's as simple as that. You don't have to go through all sorts of hoops. And if you just did a status of who you are, and then you and then you sign by, uh, and you set that as a precedent, you can argue anything that way. That if anything comes through and it's not that way, it's not you. And you also show that. Even though that's a wet signature, you're not. You're only. You're only acting as on behalf of that that straw man. So it's the straw man that is responsible, not you. So it separates you from the corporate. Separates you from the de facto. Just as simple as that. So, anyway, 
few tidbits for tonight. I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna to have to sign off. I've got a few things I still need to do and I've been on longer than I sort of planned and and uh talked more than I'd planned. I'd planned on listening, but anyway. Way it goes. May I? Uh, go ahead. Uh Marty, before you jump off, uh I wanna thank you very much for your input tonight. I hope you'll rejoin the group and uh is there, uh, are you open to uh, receiving uh, communication? Depends on how you want to and how often and what it is going to be about. Well, uh, I can tell you right off, picking your brain, <laughs> so to speak, uh, because uh, you, do, you do seem to I'll have... Give, I'll give, I'll give Nardine my, uh, my email address and... Uh, and uh, you can present a question or something, and if I think I have something to say to it, then I'll. Uh, but I'm, I'm most Tuesday nights I'm not available, so I probably won't be able to get on again for another, um, probably till the end of next month. Well, many blessings to you and yours. Well, uh, I'm glad I offered a little bit of something. That's good. But I, I think you need to start. You need to look a little bit more into into. Um, um, privacy of land, and you need to talk to uh, your uh, congressmen and women about uh, ensuring, you know, your own private land and ownership of it, because uh, that has just about all been taken away, and and uh, and need to work toward that. So, um, the land patent title is one step that can help. Another thing you might look into is. Um, um, Common law liens as a way of protecting um, property. Tell us about that. And I have um, heard from people saying that when you do one of these, that that is one of the ways that you can get taken, removed from the tax. the tax um, uh, listing, taking it uh, off the tax listing. Uh, Marty, would you be willing to... Uh, can you explain that a little bit more, Marty? Uh, how do you... How do you exp- how would it take you to off the tax lien with the common well, law lien? I've moved a couple of times and I haven't been able to find my my, my sample of my tax law common law tax lien or common law lien, land lien. Um, and I'm trying to, uh, I'll come across it and when I do, we can, we can deal with it. I just thought maybe somebody else might have some information on that and I need to probably redo some research. But I had a great uh, a great copy that people could have just used and, and applied. Um, but it removes um, it makes you again first in line, and it's under common law versus commercial law, which is the UCC. Um, and one of the things I did under the UCC was I took all of my tax bills and I owned them. So then they owed me money, and it was really funny. You know, funny. That sounds like poetry. <laughs> they owed me money, and it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marty, anyway. may I, may I uh, quickly, may I? I don't know, maybe yes. what? Yes, oh, 
Um, uh, uh, Marty, would you be willing to share this stuff on the uh, website for the Illinois Common uh, uh, Popular Assembly? Like, is there a space on that website to, for people to share? Uh, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I have to, I'm just thinking, pray a long time about that, because I had to declare I wasn't going to be involved in this again, and here I am talking about it. And uh, um, If you didn't want to put your name out there, you could always put anonymous so that others uh, could... Uh, you know, uh, Marty, when you have such valuable information that people want and people need, and you have studied it, and yes, they will study it, but it is very, and it's so laborious. I really believe you need a timeout to sort of rebuild because so much, so much, it's so disappointing to see people, you know, not valuing what you're saying or listening, but uh, but the, there are different kinds of people around, and there will be people who will who will listen and understand. But the information you have is extremely important and extremely yeah. valuable. Oh yeah, I know it is. Oh, I know it is. I have no question in my mind it is. I guess one of the things that made me mad was that I had there was a young fellow. I mean, I taught him a little bit. He went and he got something that was really sort of not. And they and this group we went we went to a group and there's a group that's here in Iowa that I used to go to you know quite a bit and I would bring and I would bring stuff and I would teach them so I, there were a couple of groups and one was my own and one I went to theirs and then oh I guess I went to about three or four and uh, um, I would go and they would take everything that I had spent time and energy and money getting and. Uh, and then I would go and then they would bring in some young smart aleck who um, would present something and they'd pay him $100 for what he presented or more. And they wouldn't pay me anything and mine was far more valuable. Plus he had holes all throughout his and they would pay him. And the, But, it, it, you know, it had to do with me being a woman and them being men. Correct. I was about to tell you that. They devalued you. And the group that I had, all the men that came they ended up paying and they really loved the information I gave. And the reason is it got, you know, somebody came in that got invited, as I'd mentioned to you um, privately, that uh, caused me to stop because I was not, I, I do not believe that going to jail is going to help anybody and I don't plan on going there. And I'm not going to do anything that's going to cause me to go there if I can pre- prevent it. Uh-huh. And, um, um, there are people that think, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay, and they're in and out, and, and oh, you've got to go to jail in order to. No, that's a load of crap, and I don't plan on going there. And if I at any stage think that anything that I would put out or would cause that, the only thing I'll go to jail for is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I'm willing to die for my belief in him, but that's the only thing I'm willing to die for. Yes. And that's the, and he's the only one I will go to jail for. If they say it's illegal for you to talk about Jesus Christ, I'll say I don't care. I'm going to speak about him. And if they throw me in jail for it, so they throw me in jail for it. But that's the only thing I'm willing to go to jail for. And I don't believe that there's a benefit for going to jail. I think you need to do your homework and study and get your foundations right, and you're going to find that you don't have to, and that the people aren't going to be mad at you. 
No, yeah, because they go to jail is because they're mad at these characters because they they want to teach them this new way. Well, it's not going to work. I've seen it. it. Doesn't work. As long as you're nice and you're gentle and you talk to people and you're sensible and you accept where they are and and you move on. I mean, you have to meet them where they are, and they have to decide to change. Oh, sorry. I I didn't mean to preach it, you guys. I, I apologize. Humphrey, your, your words are of great wisdom. And actually, I agree with you 100%. I have no intention. There's a, one fellow who was to come to the Independence College evening, and he had a total meltdown. He says, you're saying, you're doing things, you're going to go to, you're going to get shot. He didn't just say, go to a, a jail. He says, you're going to, I said, I'm not getting shot. I'm not doing anything that that is in such violation or collecting, you know, private data on some important person. I mean, we're not doing all of that. We're upholding what is our constitutional law. That's all. Oh, I, I understand. But you also, in terms of doing that, you need to do it with kindness and love to the people that you're dealing with as well. Because... Mm-hmm. Making them mad is not going to cause you to gain ground. Yeah, that's a very wise statement. That's an extremely wise statement. Now, I've noticed that a lot of people who have come to the restoration of the de jure and in this, um, we call it a restoration, not a movement, because movements are short-lived and shallow. Restorations are, you know, a long, serious matter. So. Most of the people here, they're very angry, and they hate judges, and they say oh, judges have to be oh, and, and they, they hate should them. They should love them. Pray for those who hate you. Pray for your enemy. Love your enemy. I mean, that's it's like heaping holes on their head. And they hate cops. And there is, I mean, there's, there's a, it's almost a paranoid hatred. It's, it's really crazy. There's not everybody in the world is not bad, and yes, you, there is got to be a decent way of dealing with people and say, okay, this is what you're. But here's the other thing: some of the the cops who are American, okay, our own home guys, mm-hmm. they're fine. There's some of them right. are mercenaries that have come from other other areas. That's right. That's right. And that's what bothers me because they're not on the same ground. They're not. On I mean, the any, same. I mean, this is crazy having people be be um, cops who are not American citizens. I mean, that's this is what's happening in Minnesota is that they're hiring Somalians because of these liberal liberal mayors. They're hiring Somalians to be a part of the police. That's terrible. That's absolutely outrageous. And that's where that one Australian woman was killed. Was he? He was in the passenger seat. This Somalian with a with with an American, but he was a part of the police course. And he had mm-hmm. to unbuckle his gun, pull it out of his holster, reach across in front of his partner that he was running with, and he shot the woman. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. This should not be allowed, and I do hope that this is something that Trump does in terms of, you know, um, getting rid of there should never be somebody who's not a citizen, I don't think, that should be either in our armed forces or in the police force or any government position. 
there's no way that somebody who's not a citizen should be in these positions. Okay. I want to make a statement. <laughs> That's uh, my position. Okay. Yeah, I want to make a statement about this word citizen, all right? Yeah. Um, a while ago, Mamaji mentioned the word sovereign citizen. A sovereign citizen right. is a misnomer. There is no such such a thing. Right, right. And right. if you are you are a national or you're a citizen, and if you're a citizen, you have, I mean, it's the, the, the line is pretty strong about that. And when you're a national, you can be a national and be a citizen also. But sovereign, everyone is a sovereign. The biggest thing, and we talk about that a lot, the biggest contribution of American founding, the founding papers, the founding fathers, and all the documents that were written, is they took the word sovereignty and put it on its head. It's not the put same on, thing on, as the British is. Put it on a what? On its head. I mean, it's, if oh, it's an yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, the word sovereignty, they changed it, put it on the head, the we, the people, who in England would have been considered the commoners. Right. We, the people, are the ones who are sovereign. So the, right. the word sovereign is almost like unnecessary to use. It's the oh, people. I, National. I yeah, yeah, yeah. International, actually. Well, I, I I wouldn't say that because no, no, not not if we're talking about American. We're talking about America now. We're talking about the United States, the United States of America, and um, so yeah. And I'm using citizen. Uh, I use it both with small letters, and and I'm using it more in the small letter in terms of citizen of the the republic and citizens of the United States of America, and also in caps, you see, but. I think that in order to, uh, in any of the positions in America, you need to be a citizen. And to be a citizen, you have to go through, there are a few hoops you have to go through if you are, are an immigrant. And uh, um, if you have a green card, you get a green card, and I think that's great. But I don't think that, uh, and one of the things in the Constitution is you have to be a citizen in order to vote. And uh, so that's a part of the Constitution. You just need to do that. And I think it's the same way if you're going to be in a government position with the state or with the with the with the uh, federal government, um, the national government, you need to be a citizen as well. Because how else can we be sure that you have America first? Uh, this one man, uh, I know he used to sign his paperwork and tell people that he's a citizen of the kingdom of God. Well, that might be the kingdom citizen of the kingdom of God, and that's wonderful if he is. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't give him, that doesn't, I mean, you know, you can you can be a Somalian and be a citizen of the kingdom of God. That doesn't give you the right to be on my police force in Iowa. That's what I'm saying. Correct. Correct. And then you have, with international, it doesn't work because the other countries are not republics. They're not constitutional republics. England does. Law. There's only one other country that is, and that's Liberia. Correct. This is very, very, very important. England, the laws of England, the commoners are the common people, and you're taking a line between commoners and common law, which is in a very, very big line. And you're absolutely right about it. It's Liberia because it was set on the same 
uh, lines as America, Monroe took James Monroe took care of that, and yeah. the countries are not on the same lines as as America, so we cannot say it's international. And another thing is, is that people don't understand the Constitution enough, and that the Constitution does not just give anybody the rights in America. I don't care, you know. You don't have a right to come into America. We have a right. We can say, you know, anybody that's um, uh, an animist cannot come into America. We could say that. The Constitution doesn't prevent us from saying that because the Constitution isn't for anybody that's an international. It is for the states in terms of relation to uh, to the federal government. May I? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I I uh, I have a new a, a better understanding of uh, the Constitution. Uh, someone worded it that we already have the rights established in the Constitution. All the Constitution really does is protect those rights. It was written to protect the people from government. We already have the rights. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But but the thing is, is that other countries coming into America don't have a right, and even these idiot um, judges that are making decisions don't have the right to uh, make the decisions they're making. They're totally unconstitutional. Exactly. That's why we need more grand juries of common law than de jure. I mean, uh, the, these judges in uh, Hawaii and. Uh, um, California need to be re-educated. Well, the people are working on that in little parts here and there. Oh, it's being worked on. It's being worked on. And we're making progress. They've got a surprise coming down the road, and it's not too far away. (laughs) Well, anyway, Um, I uh, must go. I really really have to go. We are very happy that you came in. You've made a huge difference in the timing. Your timing is God's hand. Your timing has been perfect, and I will privately tell you why. I hope that the the next available Tuesday you have, whatever the next available Tuesday you have, Marty, please join us again. Okay, and and if I am free, um, I mean, do you normally last this long in terms of your conversations? No, it's because it was very interesting. Oh, I and, see. Okay. Uh, yeah, we start at seven, and then it goes yeah. according to uh, interest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I will probably get on again at some stage when I have some uh, when I have a Tuesday free. Yeah. Uh, if you have a partial time on a Tuesday, even if you come in for a half an hour or something, just join us and sure, sure. Know. So I, you know, if I if I can get in one of these next Tuesdays, it'll be it'll be later. It won't be at seven. It'll be after that. But, sure, it's um, fine. It's fine. But if That's I can, I'll uh, I'll try and join you. Okay. Yes, of course. Thank You'll you for ready. the invitation, and we'll uh, we'll um, talk again. Yes, for sure. Bye, everybody from Iowa. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right then. Bye, Bye for now. now. Yeah. God bless. Okay. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Okay, Mama G, are you still on? I am, and I have a quick question for you. Go ahead. Um, did my number get passed along to Steve yet? 
I don't know. Uh, was I supposed to give it to him? Um, I, think, I think I did, but uh, I can do it again if I'm if I was supposed to give it to him. Um, I usually do it right away because I know that I'm going to forget. Uh huh. Well, um, I, I agreed to try to send him another email, and I've sent two. Um, I, I the first one I realized I didn't have an H in the first word whisper, so I resent it, and I asked for a reply. Um, if he and when he got it, it's able. I haven't heard anything, so I sent another one for a test run, and it still didn't, I guess, go through. I haven't heard back from him, and I had my phone number in it in, um, so that he would have it, but I don't know if he's gotten it, and I thought that I understood that you would pass it on to him. <laughs> and I said that that was Okay. Well, I'll send it to him again. I'll send it to him again without a problem. No problem. I'll send it to him again. I appreciate it. I'll send it to him right now. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, what news of your son? Oh, um, I I was under the impression that he was 45 days in the hole, and he informed me... Uh, a few days ago that uh, the information I had gotten was incorrect. It was 90 days. So he's a little past the halfway mark for being 90 days in a hole, uh, getting out one hour every other day and uh, to make phone calls. He calls. So, um, at, and um, uh, nothing new really happening there, trying to decide which way to go with it. Um, I've got something else in the works that, uh, will help in the bigger picture, but as far as, uh, getting him out, um, I want to be sure on the paperwork, uh, that was one of the things I was going to be discussing, uh, hopefully with Steve about this thing called processes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, but he, um, He's trying to uh, 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 have some substance in his life. He's been doing his, uh, they, they, someone in the prison had stole his Black Law Dictionary, so we ordered him another one, and then uh, a, another different kind of dictionary. And he's been studying that and court cases and all kinds of things. Um, he was told and threatened by a guard back in January or February that if he even, or anyone is even heard to mention the word sovereign in the prison. Yeah, you told me, you told me about that. You told yeah. me about it a couple of times. So uh, he ended up hanging up on me when uh, I accidentally brought the subject up, which I said I'd try not to bring up again. He hung up on me. Then he called back, um, and we talked some more. Um he hung up on you. Why? Because I brought up a, a common law and sovereign sovereignty. I, I started telling him about President Trump's uh, UN speech, and he thought it was interesting at first. But when I started to elaborate and go into it a little bit, he hung up on me. 
Well, I think that uh, the pressure, he must be under tremendous pressure. You know what I really liked about what Marty said? Is that you have to function from an area of love. Oh, of course. And that makes a huge difference. But yet, but yet, um, as she was saying about homeopathic um, uh, healing, homeopathic medicine, sometimes... You have to apply the same thing to get uh, improved results, and so the the love thing uh, works really well sometimes, but sometimes it don't. And I find myself needing to be um, passively assertive. Yeah, it's with love, of course, but sometimes you know. Um, when you have when you have know you have authority and uh over a, a child say and the child's not hearing you well enough you have to speak a little louder or present it in a different light or manner for that get their attention. So but he, I, I understand where she's coming from with that and I'm on board with it. Yeah. Well listen, do we have any other business? Or should we should we can uh, can we close you we can still continue to talk, but can I close the recording? Is there anyone else on the call? No, they all they hung up okay <laughs> well so should it be, it should been, be adjourn the meeting yes, it's been a long day, and uh yes. we've been on a very interesting call, a lot to process correct, so we'll adjourn the meeting till next week and do you second? I do, second. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.